Welcome to the Two Vets Talk Pets podcast, hosted by veterinarians Dr. Lewis Kirkham and Dr. Robbie Anderton, who'll give you the inside scoop on the secret lives of your pets and have a lighthearted look at the latest animal news, health tips, and other random facts. All names of people and pets have been changed for confidentiality, so if the story sounds familiar, don't flatter yourself. Every owner is just as animal crazy as you are. So sit down, place your furry, feathered, or scaly best friend on your lap, and it's over to Lewis and Robbie. Welcome TVTP fans to episode 20 of the Two Vets Talk Pets podcast. And if this is your first time listening, snuggle up in your beanbag and get ready for the greatest pet and vet podcast action about to be delivered through your tympanic membrane driven along your cochlear nerve and into your brain. For returning listeners, you know what you're in for, so buckle up, strap in, and let's get into the action. I am Dr. Robbie Andert, and I'm joined by the man across from me who is an expert in stimulating your malleus, incus, and stapies in such a way to make you definitely want to leave us a five-star review. It's Dr. Lewis Kirkham. Lewis, how you going, mate? Robbie, I'm very good, mate. How, how are you going? I'm good, I'm good. Did you remember the three uh, inner ear uh, oh. bone names? Or? Not the names, but I figured that's where you were going there with the uh, the, the inner ear... Uh, situation, yeah, I, I, but I ne- haven't remembered the names. Run them by me again. So it's the it's the Melius, the Incus, and the Stapes. Right, right? okay. Which, yeah, got which, yeah, no worries. Which, which is Latin for, let me go through to where I Googled it on the way in when I pulled over on the side of the road going, <laughs> hang on, I've got, I've got to get the intro sorted out. Oh, waiting for Wikipedia to come up. Um, so it's the, um, so the Melius is the hammer, mallet. Yeah. Um, the Incus is, um, is the anvil. Yes. You know, because I couldn't get away with Acme, you know, from all the old Acme anvils from the Roadrunner ones. Um, and Stapes is the stirrup. The staple. The oh, staple, the stirrup. Yeah, yeah sorry. <laughs> right. So they're the tiniest bones in the body. Right. So, so that's a good one for all the uh, all the trivia nights and things of what are the smallest bones in the body. It's the, your... The, the your, tiniest bone in your body, mate. Yeah, the right. Tiniest no, bones. That's good. bones. Keep it PG. Bones. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what, are you going to tell us about your mallet or your... Uh, <laughs> My staple. Oh, your stirrup. Yeah, yeah. Stirrup. <laughs> um, so what's been happening down your neck of the woods oh, this mate, week, mate? Oh, mate, look, it's been school holidays. Uh, a couple of, you know, just finished uh, this week. Yes. Went ice skating with the girls right. again. Never again. Never again? That's it. We're out. How did no. your ankles hold up this time, No, mate? ankles are good, mate. I was all good. I got... I'm, I'm okay at ice skating. So I used to rollerblade oh, when oh, I was of co- younger. Of course you are, Bradbury. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> no, no, not Bradbury. I don't fall over, mate. I'm not Bradbury didn't fall over, but more Torval. More yeah. Torval. Oh, more Torval. Fantastic. On, which one was the female? Don't yeah, know. No, no, no. It wasn't Tonya Harding. I know that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, good movie, that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hi, <laughs> right, Tonya. For, for yeah. all the Margot Robbie fans out there? Yeah, well, yeah. She, she plays a good role. Anyway, so... Ice skating, no, mate, never again. No so good. Went with the kids. I, like I said, I'm okay at it. I don't normally fall over. But we got there and it was packed. It was oh, school holidays. Right. Yes. It was absolutely packed with people. What time? What time's peak ice, to oh, ice skating I don't time? I know, but it was the middle of the day. Maybe right. there 11. Just yeah, gotcha. Before. Oh, it might have been after lunch, actually. Yeah. I think we had a few things to do. Probably some podcasting editing Maybe. to do, Dad. <laughs> Dad, when are we going ice skating? Just got to put another pod, drop another pod, guys. Oh, not another oh, one. Dad, all you talk about is your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> And so we're in there ice skating. Within two minutes, it took us 20 minutes to get all the gear sorted out. Oh, yep. boy, my skates hurt, Dad. Oh, my uh. toe hurts. Oh, these don't fit me. Oh, the helmet's too big. Yeah, right, eh? All right, it's all <laughs> sorted. So on the ice, and within two minutes, my youngest one's there holding onto the side going, crying. Oh, no. Like, oh, she hasn't been falling over yet. Oh, jeez. She was upset because she wasn't as good as she was the last time she oh, went. Oh, no. You know, didn't get on and glide away. And, yeah, yeah, right. Know, the yep. triple axle into the, into the double salt. Yeah, a, a, pure, a pirouette. Yeah. And, a, yeah. and then... 
and then so oh, yeah, I was sort of nothing. I was getting near the end, and then just as we we're about to sort of go, this guy with his two kids on one of those seals, you know, the sort of seals that help you. They're kind of seals you the hold on to. balancing ones. Yeah. yeah yep. He's going with his two kids and he's ploughed right into the back of me. Oh, and I've just crap. gone flat back oh, on the back no. and just whacked. I was like, nah, mate. Girls, I'm out. Had enough. No more ice skating. We're leaving. Dad. It's all done. It's going all over. home. It's right. Yeah, exactly. Well, speaking of coming home, mate, listeners yes. are increasing. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. We have now two listeners in the Cook Islands. Two in the Cook Islands. Amazing, mate. Fantastic. Yeah, the protectorate of New Zealand, the Cook Islands, apparently. Wow. Oh, yeah, of course it would be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So oh, I think we're getting quite a, an islander theme, mate. We've got wow. seven in Madagascar. Seven now. Yeah, seven, seven in Madagascar. Seven. And, and two two in the Cook Islands. Wow, fantastic. Um, how many Russians, uh, Russian listeners have we got? Have we um, had an increase in Russian bot <laughs> numbers over the... Uh, yeah, they all seem to be females with not a lot of clothes on. <laughs> that we're getting on Twitter, but yeah, pretty sure that's that's not normal. So no, no, no. We um, not sure. I'll look up Russian for you next week, mate. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, there I'll we go. To, so this this week, um, what have you been up to, mate? Uh, so um, I, I've actually had the week off. I've had a um, <sighs> had a, a busy um, busy few months at work and hard so earned I, rest, mate. I reckon yeah, for you. yeah. It's been um, thing, things have been pretty um, pretty flat out at work uh, with people being away and all that sort of stuff and so um i just needed to needed to have a week off so yep. um good so i've t- taken the week um and it's been good i went for a um a, a big uh a big solo walk down at the mornington peninsula peninsula i did um 16 k's the other day and got it done just before the uh the heavens opened up and right. uh, was driving back up the frankston freeway and i was sort of you know sitting on sitting on uh, you know 99 and then suddenly i'm doing 105 because this wind has just come on just wow whooshka, you know it was it was huge so um wow. did that um i've been uh, trying to help out the kinder. I've been doing some um, uh, do, recording the kids. We've been trying to do some um, uh, yeah. video for the because it's our kinder's seventieth year anniversary, and so um, interviewed about 25, 26 kids yesterday of uh, different things. What do you like about kinder? What do you think about your teacher oh, Megan and all that sort of stuff? Um, and it's fun, you know, like doing the young kids, the three year olds. You got some kids couldn't shut them up. Most yep. of them though. Could not get them started. Oh, could not yeah, get them no, started. Got nothing um, to say. The the four year olds though, there was yeah, just pearlers. Yeah, I mean the stuff. Yeah, the thing of where you don't want to work with kids and um, yeah, kids and animals. Yeah, so I was yeah, I say, mate, that's a double there. You've gone from no no working with the animals for the week. Ah, oh, what's number two on the list? Yep, yeah, let's work with kids. Don't go work with kids. Yeah. Oh, I want to come and do that. <laughs> yeah, um, but it makes you makes you realise how um underappreciated you can be because uh, when you talk to the kids about so what do you think about this teacher? What do you think about Megan? Nothing. What do you think about you? What do you, what do you do? What does she do with you? I can't remember. It's like, oh man! And I said to the do teachers you, afterwards, "Do you listen to podcasts?" Yeah. <laughs> Well, what? that's what Camille was running up and saying to one of the teachers afterwards because I was I was supposed to be there doing some more of them today, but um, I thought he, he report recording the pod and uh, said I'll go and do it next week. Um, and Camille said to uh, said to the teacher, uh, "Daddy can't come and do it tomorrow because he needs to record his podcast." <laughs> and and the teacher got his what his podcast? My daddy wrote, records a podcast and go oh well thank you very much, Dan. You don't have to do that, but <laughs> since you're talking about it, it's a two vets talk pets podcast. Would Tell you like friends. a card? Yeah, <laughs> I've got a business card here. Well, now we, now we've got cards. 
cards. Yes, yeah. we do have cards. And, and, and as we sit here in the pod lounge, uh, endorned in our uh, Two Vets Talk Pets podcast T-shirts. Uh, exactly. Limited edition podcast. We've got Robbie Robbie with the number one on the back and, and myself with the number two. Yeah. How'd, how'd that work out, mate? How did I get number uh, it's two? It's just, just um, alphabetical, I think, Lewis. Just alphabetical. Oh, R and L. Yeah. Hang on a second. <laughs> that doesn't work out. Is that the same way you've got the uh, the gold the gold microphone and I get the the, the platinum one? What's yeah, yeah, the, uh, the the code brown microphone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, um, that sounds like a lot of fun this week. It was, uh, yeah, it was good. You know, we've had, um, you know, oh, and I've just uh, just telling saying you before, we've got some um, all the uh, getting text messages from all the guys I go running with um, to try and work out where we're going to run on this weekend. The, next week is the first week of my twelve week marathon uh, 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 program. So as of Monday. Um, I'm up and getting running five times a week, trying to see whether I can get this Melbourne Marathon done in October. Oh wow! So we're having a hiatus on the pod, mate, while you're out training, or will I just? Well, maybe I could drive along next year yeah. with the microphone. You could do it while you're doing your your thirty k's a day or whatever. Oh, you, you, you can ring, ring ring me up, mate. You know, oh, I was, I was thinking you know, telephones, you, of you, course. You, 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 yeah, ring up. Yeah, but a little better with that, me holding you holding a microphone. You're dri- on, dri- dri- driving, driving next down the road, you the support mo- crew. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a, a Tour de France style. Yeah, 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 exactly. Hanging out the window. Yeah, you can have a few set, spare sets of shoes sitting on the bonnet or on the roof that I can sort of you know, quickly get off. I'll just wave to you because Fan- I've blown a pair out. Fantastic. Give you a gel when you need it or a drink bottle or something Fantastic. like that. Fantastic. That'd yeah, be great. A, yeah. bit of, a bit of a bit of a massage. Work yeah. on the calves. Yeah. <laughs> oh, mate. Work this week. We've we've had a, I've had a bit of a fun week actually. Yeah. We we got our first. Uh, I suppose New Zealand listeners should perhaps shut their ears. Maybe even Cook Island. Right. A, okay. Protector of New Zealand. Uh, first baby ringtail possum came in that, that oh, lost, wow. lost its mum. Yeah, righty uh, 40 grams. 40 only. grams. So tiny, you know, tiny. talking. Yeah. I think there's a photo on Instagram, everyone, if you want to have a look. And and, uh, and thanks to those listeners who said to me, uh, is that a rat or a mouse? Yeah. No, it is not. It's a ringtail possum. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's that one with the little boogly eyes and the big wrinkly yeah. forehead and the and the no hair. And, and then there's the possum in there too. <laughs> Sorry, mate. Ah, <laughs> Sorry, yeah, man. That's a good that's one. Horrible. That's horrible. That's like horrible. Oh, oh, good. No, no, we're good. And so we named the po- the, the uh, Patricia, our first first possum. Right, okay. Gone off. Gone off to, to, to Kara, but we also uh, we had two barn owls come in at work this week. Oh, what a hoot! Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and uh, and so I, I think again, post on Instagram, you know, beautiful, beautiful to put a bird on there. And our, yep. our mate Franger, yes. Franciscus, Franciscus, our wi- wildlife vet, the wildlife of the show. correspondent, yeah, yeah, who, who we often. You know, get get advice on on uh, uh, frogs we get from IKEA or yeah. or anything we might get that's a bit bit uh, strange um, um, at work. So I'll put you know barn owl, you know, etc. And he's he's written a, a a little comment. Barn owl, don't you mean Tito Alba? Oh, okay. So thanks, Gee, that's Franger. a pretty short one, Franger. That's yeah. not um. Yeah, you know, is, is yeah. We need a longer one than that. That's just not the species. That's, no. We need something a bit more there. That's more like he sneezed. But the interesting thing with with the <laughs> with all the the barn owls we've got at work, the, apparently it's really common in this around Port Melbourne. Okay, right. Um, because you know there's a lot of warehouses and a lot of uh, areas for them, and the, their staple diet is mice and rats. Right. Okay. And when it comes to winter, we're all start poisoning. Yeah. Rots. Rots. Um, 
starting to break because they're coming out looking for food. Exactly, or they're coming into the house looking, you know, for foods in the house. And the unfortunate thing is because these barn owls, that's what they eat, is the rats and mice, they're actually picking up these rats and mice that are dying from being uh, from the rat sack or the rat bait. Yeah, right. And then they're getting poisoned themselves. A a secondary uh, rat sack ingestion. Yeah, so we're seeing them. They're really skinny. They haven't got a lot of energy. Right. You know, we give them, um, this one we gave some vitamin K injection, which is the sort of the antidote, I suppose, would it be of of of, um, of the rat sack? So, yep. and then we sent again, we sent it on to a carrot. So I thought that was really interesting. That nice one. That's that's you know. So if you do see a, a barn owl in, in Melbourne and it's 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 out in the daytime, that's probably a bad sign in the first first yeah. instance. Um, get a big blanket or something, drape it over it, take it down to your local vet, and 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 they can they can sort it out. Yeah, and and you can say I found a Taito Alba. <laughs> Exactly, you know, and the, and they'll go, oh, what? Yeah. A Taito Elba? It's a barn owl. Didn't uh, you learn anything at that school? That's right. And if they don't know, take it somewhere else. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, no, don't go to Obviously that. Obviously, they don't care. They yeah. just don't care. Exactly. About, Not yeah. well researched. Unlike us. <laughs> oh, very well researched. <laughs> Thank you, Franciscus. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, so um, I um, I fell down a bit of a uh, bit of a rabbit hole this week when I was um, trying to look for topics. I, oh, um, did you hurt your calf? Yeah, I, I did. Yeah, no, actually, I, I <laughs> fell. I fell well. I fell and I rolled. You know, right. yeah, 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 to to try and sort of cushion the fall. Um, so I was um, uh, had a look in um, uh, you know, googling uh, uh, animal stories and and started having on science and um yep. and got directed to the to the science um journal their their uh, companion magazine um and came across. A, um, an article that was about you can get lost a long way, can't yeah, you, mate? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. So, so this one was um, so it started off as crazy faced cats don't win the adoption game. And crazy thought, faced, crazy faced cats don't win the adoption game. Are we talking like a tile, a crazy tile here, or what are we Cra- talking? Crazy tile, oh, more you know, the crazy eyes, you know, oh, crazy eyes, crazy eyes. Wow, yeah, so they go, they give you the give you the give you the boogity eyes, right? Um, so, um, so that oh, that's interesting. Um, so I was reading through about this thing where they're talking about that um, uh, whether or not facial expressions in cats make them more likely to get a um, uh, more likely to be rehomed um, yes. in an adoption scene. right yes um, and then reading further down it says um, but why study cat faces to begin with in 2013 evolutionary psychologists found that shelter dogs who raised their brows more frequently were adopted more quickly than other dogs and there was a hyperlink. So I go, I'm right. going to follow yeah. that one. Yeah, let's go down there. So where I soon ended up was on a uh, uh, at a paper where it was called Pedomorphic Facial Expressions <laughs> Give Dogs a Selective Advantage. Uh, for a minute there, mate, I thought you were going all Elon Musk on me there when you started that conversation. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, right? P- P-A-E-D-O. Um, oh, pediatric. Yes, pediatric morphic. So as in childlike facial expressions. Neonatalization. Neonatalization is another one, like acting more babyish. Looking like a neonate, yes. Rightio, there you go. Many people say I have neonatalized skin. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, it's very good. Smooth. Oh, that, that's all the no, moisturiser you're putting in there, you know. No, they don't. <laughs> You've lived a hard life, Lewis. No one's going to think outdoors. These these hands. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> they're not laying, soft. Laying bricks, yeah. digging trenches, crazy you know? tiles, everything. No, mate. Crazy tiles. Tiling all day. <laughs> 
Terrible for the knees. Um, so what they did in this um, uh, pedomorphic facial expressions give dogs a selective advantage. They were looking at facial expressions that dogs make and seeing if there was a way of predicting if certain expressions would reduce the time that dogs would be in a shelter. Right. So does a, the way a dog look at a person make it more likely that that dog is then going to get adopted quicker? Well, it sounds so, sensible. I mean, if it's obviously if it's growling at you, you're not going to take it. But That one's uh, probably not going to get yeah, taken no. up. Very quickly, no. no. Barking, probably not. Probably not, no. Smiling. Um, so there's there's some paucity in the evidence here, but Ooh. you know, for the for the interest in uh, you know, for the for the story, it's pretty funny. So um <laughs> So uh, they went through and they mapped out a whole lot of facial um, uh, different facial expressions. Yep. So they could say, right, well, so what facial expressions are these dogs showing and then looking at how long they were in the adoption centre for. Um, so the one that seemed to be that had the most correlation was AU101, which is the right. inner eyebrow raise. So what I sort of th- think as, oh, you know, yeah. the, the Dwayne, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the one where he... Both yeah, the, eyebrows are one. Um, either. 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 But, but, it's, oh. but it's inner. Inner eyebrow yeah, raise. Right. So, so where dogs sort of raise it right up in the middle. So there's a the great picture of um, of a Rhodesian Ridgeback where it's sort of lifting that eyebrow yeah, just right okay. up in the middle. Right. So so the inner eyebrow raise, um, and what they worked out was the number of times that dogs showed the expression was to be an... It was an indicator of a shortened stay before being rehomed. Wow. So what they found was that they... Um, we can predict... So this is uh, quoting from the article. We can predict that a dog that produces... Five Five AU one hundred and one, so eyebrow raises yeah. during the two-minute observation will stay in the shelter for forty-nine point eight three days, so <laughs> fifty days. So five in a two minutes, um, they'll be in there for fifty days. But if it produces ten eyebrow raises, this will be reduced to thirty-five days. Oh. And if it produces fifteen, this would be reduced to twenty-eight days. Oh my goodness! So what they reckon is happening here is that the more that the dogs do that eyebrow raise, the Cute, happy, you know, little little puppy dog eye look. <laughs> it's more likely people will go, oh, and then adopt these dogs. So, so what about a hundred eyebrow raises? Do they just walk in and walk out? Or? No, that's called epilepsy. The dog's <laughs> having a fit, and it needs to go to the vet and have a and have some medicine. It's had yeah. Botox. It's, it's stuck a, up there. <laughs> Imagine that. Yeah. Imagine if a dog goes, I'm going to go and get Botox to get rid of my crow's feet, so that way I can get adopted. Well, that's and they're sitting there, they can't do any eyebrow raises at all. Well, that's my next thing. Could we do perhaps a little bit of just a nip and tuck surgery? Where we pull up that eyebrow and it just stays there. Oh, attach it to the tail. Yeah. <laughs> so as they wag the tail, the eyebrows just lift up. Oh, I love it. That's fantastic. Dancing eyebrows. We are onto something here. RSPCA, get in touch. When we interview, when we interview Sam Snelling, the specialist surgeon, should we bring that up? Let's to bring think? it up. See if that's an option. Yeah, yeah. and an an eyebrow to tail. Yeah. Um, it's a long a, stitch, but, but I reckon we can get there. A retinacular imbrication or something oh, like the, that. Maybe the Louis Robbie technique. Louis Robbie technique. How Robbieus. You know, yeah. why, what do you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Robbie Wiss. Um, Rob now, Wiss. Now, unfortunately, there were only twenty-seven dogs in this study, so ooh. it's not a yeah. Ooh, ooh yeah. So when, when I was looking at that, that I got I got the same um yeah yeah uh, lemon face. Ooh, yeah, yeah okay. okay. Um, and in their own words in this article, um, however, that if the Bonferroni corrections were applied, oh, no whoa. variables or no variables would be deemed significant. So these exploratory findings should be taken with caution. Yeah. Well, if you haven't got the Bonferroni working, mate, that's... Bonferroni. Yeah, 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 that's are what you, I said, yeah. Are yeah, you familiar I, with Bonferroni? No idea no, what so, about. I, so I went and found out about Bonferroni. He was an Italian... <laughs> 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 See, 
one of the, the, the James Bond's girls? Or he was something? he was the fifth Ninja oh. Turtle. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> he, he, he was he was the he was the the, the peach coloured Ninja Turtle who died off very quickly. Right, yeah, yeah. carnation uh, pink. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> um, so he was a, um, a an Italian mathematician. It's a statistical thing for trying to work out when you've got multiple variables. Right. So wow. So so right. there you go, everyone. Um, and now so, wake up, listeners. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um. So the so the their theory was that if a dog's going to be making the puppy dog eyebrow lift up, that they're more likely to be rehomed quicker. So the extrapolation was that a dogs that have developed those traits to help them around humans to make them more pleasing to the yes. human's eye. Yes. Um. Because we see those puppy dog eyes, and we'd be more likely to feed them, or yeah. more likely to not shoo them away. So right. they think that that may have been something as far as an evolutionary advantage for these dogs to develop this. So then that way when um, dogs were becoming domesticated and spending yep. more time around humans, that we'd be more uh, more caveman. Oh, cute puppy. Oh, oh, and, me and cute, me cute owner. Yeah, oh, cute look puppy. at cute puppy. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, that maybe that wish there was podcast to give me more information. Um, Do they really talk like that? That's a, a gross generalisation, <laughs> I think. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, today's day and age, we shouldn't be stereotypical. They Don't might, be stereotypical. They might have high voices. Oh, it's a cute puppy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, so yeah, so they reckon that that's uh, uh, been an evolutionary advantage to try uh, as, as far as the domestication of dogs. Well, um, the, yeah, well, there's, a, there's certainly a big field of study, like it was certainly when I was doing my um, behaviour studies on yep. animal behaviour, about the neonatalisation of dogs and how that is part of the reason that I think that we brought them into the fold, you know, right. brought them out from wandering out as you know, um, scavengers, dogs, and then brought them around the campfires. Yes. Because the bigger eyes, um, the the bigger lips, you know, the, yep. just the looking like a baby. Right, yeah. And the more they look like a puppy, more likely, or a baby, the more likely we are to, to, to adopt them. So there's a whole study on doing, you know, looking at sizes of heads and shapes of foreheads and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, right. And yeah, it's much, it must be along the lines of your, your eyebrow raise, mate. Yeah. Is it, do you think that's maybe part of the reason why um, uh, people like the, uh, like, uh, Pugs and French yeah, bulldogs well, and stuff. Undoubtedly, got a, got a little baby shaped shaped forehead. They got lots of eyebrows for expressions. Big bulgy doe eyes. Exactly, they Bingo. breathe like a baby. He's <laughs> <laughs> been smoking, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, now, um, so then we go back to the original um, uh, one where they were thinking, okay, right. So if I say, still clicking down, mate. Still oh, no, link, 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 now, link. Now, now I'm clicking backwards. Oh, now right. I'm clicking backwards because oh, wow. I've gone, okay, I've reached the bottom of that hole and yeah. go, oh, so that's where this one's going from. Um, so, but what they found was that when they tried to do the same thing in cats, they came up with all these different potential facial expressions in cats did not make a difference. There was no facial expression that decreased the time in which a cat was going to be rehomed. Right. But what they did find was that cats that walk around and rubbed their bodies on different say. things, that they were the ones that had, that was the only um, uh, indicator of a reduced time prior to well, rehoming. That is, that is same right. The cat that's sort of bunting, or even if you went in there and it started rubbing and rubbing bunting up on, against you. on your leg, I mean, you're more likely to take that one that's one in the corner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, just just two yellow eyes staring yeah. at you from yeah, inside of a tunnel. Right. Yeah. I'll, I'll take that one. I don't know what it is. Yeah. Can you just get it out and they get the leather glove, thick leather gloves out to get it out of the corner? So yeah. Like, yeah, no. So I'm going to do it home. So I thought that was um, yeah. uh, you know, just as an interesting, you know, um, thing. And one thing that then got me thinking with this, Lewis, was whether or not there was a a, a, a sort of I guess a companion study would be to say right. So how about with these dogs um, that raise that have these increased um, a you one one in eyebrow raises. Yep. 
what's the link between that and obesity? What? Yeah. There's Be- a link? No, no, is there? Is there? Is there? So so these dogs that raise their inner eyebrows and give you the the, 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 the sad puppy dog eyes to make us feed them more. Oh, right. I thought you were trying to say the rock was getting fat. The rock, oh, the rock doesn't get fat. <laughs> no. The, 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 rock. The, rock, the rock just pumps more iron. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, right. Yeah, oh, yeah. okay. So so what you were trying to say is the more eyebrow, these inner eyebrow raises they do, the fatter the dog's going to be because we feed them more. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. is, is, is there is there a link there, Lewis, of, of if the dogs yeah. are doing these, oh, I'm such a feed sad me. cavalier. Can you give me some more food, please? Yeah, well, there's, I think there is a link that you're more likely to have an overweight dog if the if your owners are a little bit overweight, there's yes. that link. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know about. Yeah, that's interesting. If, well, what if the owners have had got, got had Botox and and they've got the eyebrow raise happening? Are the dogs are they are they, they going to do it? The dogs are going to get. Are they going to ask for less food? Less, maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe that's what we could do. Maybe that's a way we can battle canine obesity, Lewis. Is that we use Botox injections around these nerves to paralyze them, so the dogs are sitting there going. I'm staring at you and I'm trying to lift my eyebrows, but you're not feeding me yeah, anymore. Yeah, you're not getting the signals. You're not getting you the signals. I'm hungry. We've broken the <laughs> we've broken the cycle, Lewis. We've cured oh, it. We've, we've cured, cured it. We've done. Done. There we yes. go. That's oh. the first cure on two vets talk pets. It only took us twenty episodes, <laughs> but we got there. We got there. Fantastic. Oh. Oh, all right, all right, mate. Now this week I heard about. I think I first heard about this actually on one of the radios. Okay, yep. And it was a little um, a sign that went up. I think it went up. On Gumtree, I imagine, and and it just just got me interested. It's uh, the 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 poster is lost pigeon, lost pigeon, reward three hundred dollars. Right now, I don't know about you, mate, but I, I mean, do you know much about pigeons? You, you got I pigeons do. come into work? No, I do know about pigeons. Oh right, I well, do know about well, pigeons. Well, all I know about yep. pigeons is you can have there's your garden variety walking around the street pigeon yes yep the winged rats yeah yeah rats yep. of the sky the uh there's your um your racing pigeon racing pigeons yes and then your homing pigeon yes and the one thing I do know about a pigeon is is if there's any animal you're going to lose yep that's going to come home again surely You'd it's got to be, it to be a pigeon, a pigeon. yeah, yeah. it's, it's got to be a pigeon so a lost pigeon yep they don't get lost surely they come home yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like I've heard of people selling pigeons. Yes, yeah. You know, selling racing pigeons. Yeah, absolutely. And then two days later, they're back at their house. Yes, great little rot that one. Oh, that is that that that's dynamite. That's that'd be like ordering Uber Eats, <laughs> you know. But then your food just ending up back at the restaurant again, you know, before you've had a chance to eat it. Then it goes out to the next house again. You yeah, know? or every Uber Eats coming to your address. Oh, yes, and everyone's absolutely. It's your address, so they keep coming back to you because you keep raising up your eyebrows. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so I don't. Know, it says you know it's got a photo of the. Pig- Yes, yep. How pretty, is he? Oh, yes, stock not standard. Yeah. White, white with some grey. I yeah, think, I think yeah. they call that Merle, do they? A Merle pigeon? We've Maybe. got a fancier on our hands, do we, Robbie? Oh, yeah, it's a, it's a dark pass that I've got, mate. Right. Yeah. And, you know, distinctive markings, never beak. been outside. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Feathers. <laughs> two eyes. Yeah, one to two wings. <laughs> <laughs> never been outside, very tame pet. Now, there's a little. Just a little note down the bottom. Yes. We are your neighbours nearby. Now, like I said, I don't reckon pigeons, they get lost. No. And we're looking at the neighbours nearby. Yes. I'd be going around just smelling. Is there anyone that maybe there's a 4 and 20 cooking next door? Yeah. Yeah. I don't don't think pigeons get lost, mate. No. I'd be suspicious that someone's... 
Someone's delved in a bit of the, the maybe the squab pie or a, something a, a like that. Pigeonicide. Too, too much watching MasterChef. Yeah. You know, they, they, they've looked at it and they're trying to work out whether or not they can um, debone a squab or something yeah. like that. You God, know? This is a friendly one. It's actually approaching us. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, this is going to be easier than the last 10 times. <laughs> <laughs> so, so anyone, if you've seen, uh, seen a pigeon out in Rosanna in Victoria, there's a reward. There's a reward for it. It hasn't actually got a name. That's disappointing. Is oh. it, do they have a phone number? Or oh, they don't have a name yeah, for the pigeon? Yeah, there's a phone number. We'll give that out. Zero four. Yeah. No, we won't do that. <laughs> I was going to say, because I could, um, you know, if, if they don't want that pigeon, I'd, I'd quite easily get them another sort of well, five or six, even for 20 bucks. I'm, you know, tipping, I'm tipping if we did give the phone number out, there'd be a lot of people rocking up with <laughs> pigeons at the door going, where's my 300 bucks? Here's your pigeon. Oh. Um, and in fairness, three... 300 bucks for a pigeon and want to be a well-loved pigeon, <laughs> yeah, you know? Well, obviously it is. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. In in, uh, in large letters, it does say cash. Cash! So they're not paying a check. We're maybe not... that's the bird's name. Oh, maybe Maybe the bird's name cash. is cash. Yeah, right. Yeah, the $300 is actually Zimbabwean dollars, oh. right? but the pigeon's name is cash. Or Madagascan dollars, mate. Yeah, maybe. maybe. <laughs> Any information. What's the exchange rate there, you know? Any information appreciated. Well, there you go. <laughs> Hello? I've got some information for you on your pigeon. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I don't know where I it don't is. I know where it is. I'm sorry. Is this is this information appreciated? Do I get money? <laughs> oh. So, um, so we've uh, we've just had our first uh, on road adventure today. Yeah, we we loaded up the loaded up the car, the cans, the uh, the mics, our t shirts. And yep. we, had, we, we went for a bit we of a drive, he- mate. We headed on the road, didn't we? Headed on the road around Melbourne. Yep. And we headed over to... Uh, to Advanced Vet Care, the, um, the multidisciplinary uh, uh, practice... Um, Specialist Referral spe- Centre, Emergency Centre. Yes, in Robertson Street in Kensington. Yes. Um, uh, uh, run by uh, Sam and uh, Magella Snelling, Dr. Sam Snelling. Uh, and uh, we did a couple of interviews. We interviewed uh, uh, Simon Hearn, a, a veterinary ophthalmologist um, who practices there and also so out at uh, All Animal Eye Services out in Mount Waverley, uh, around in my hood. They're just around the corner from us. Um, and uh, we also interviewed Sam as well. So we uh, we uh, interviewed the guys and had a bit of a chat. So I thought we might, uh, yeah, we'll cut through to the interview we've done with Simon this week and we'll play with the one with Sammy uh, the week after. Sounds good, mate. All right. So uh, roll the tape. Today at Two Vets Talk Pets, we're very blessed to be joined by a specialist in veterinary ophthalmology, a veterinary eye doctor. He has qualifications that include a Bachelor of Veterinary Science from Queensland University. He's a Master of Veterinary Studies. He is a member of the Australian and New Zealand College of Veterinary Scientists in Veterinary Ophthalmology. He's also a Fellow of the Australian and New Zealand College of Veterinary Science in Veterinary Ophthalmology. And he's a director at All Animal Eye Services, a specialist eye clinic based in Mount Waverley in Melbourne, Victoria. It's Dr. Simon Hearn. Welcome, Simon, and thanks for taking the time to have a chat with us today. Thanks for having me, boys. Now, look, obviously today's talk will try and focus on eyes, I think, it seems to be your specialty, <laughs> mate. Um, so look, many, uh, many dog and cat owners, you know, they'll have a, a problem uh, with their um, with their pet's eyes at some stage in their life. Um, and often owners are wondering if there's a treatment they can give at home before seeing the vet or or do you think eye conditions are the sort of thing that, that, that can be treated at home or, or do you reckon most people should should be seeing a vet for, for an eye problem for, for, for their pet? Well, I think, um, uh, you know, eye 
particularly eye injuries are pretty common in in pets, uh, dogs, cats, and horses. Um, and um, look, most of them go unnoticed because the eye, especially in young animals, heals very very quickly. Um, but I think there's a persistent problem. So if the your pet has a, um, a persistent discharge, or the eye looks sore, so they're squinting, um, or the, you notice a colour change, then it's worthwhile getting checked out by. Uh, your veterinarian, particularly coming into spring and summer, they can get grass seeds in the eye or um, other foreign bodies um, from the garden or the park. And, you know, if they get lost in the eye, they can become a, a big problem. But other injuries too um, can become persistent. So, but look, yeah, just general um, uh, first aid can be performed at home with just clean. What sort of first aid did you mean, Simon? Well, I think. Well, we talked like a bit of chamomile tea or yeah. something. <laughs> Maybe some heard, heard right, of that yeah. going around. <laughs> Yeah, I've heard them all before. <laughs> uh, well, give us the ones with turmeric, mate, coconut yeah. oil. Where are we going? I, I think just some clean tap water to uh, gently rinse the eyes are good. Um, you can get specialty products at your at your chemist, um, such as eye stream or eye rinses, just at their, um, in your local pharmacy in the eye health section. But um, clean tap water is good enough with just a gentle cotton cotton wool ball or a makeup pad and just give the eye a rinse and a wipe. But how do you hold the pet under the eye, under the tap, mate? The, how do, how do you... Bit. <laughs> <laughs> you can so, get very wet yourself doing that. Uh, no, just just uh, just gentle uh, rinsing and flushing. But look, if that's not enough, then you need to seek some attention from your, your vet at first, I think. And Simon, you were saying about colour change. What sort of colours are you sort of looking at with eye issues? Well, I think the first thing, as you've probably seen with yourself, if you get a sore eye, it can get quite red. So that's one of the first things you'll see. Yep, yep. yep. And there's usually an increase in discharge from the eye when it gets sore. So usually a watery discharge to begin with. Um, and then um, further on down the track, maybe uh, if it becomes a little bit more um, persistent, you'll get some cloudiness starting to appear. So any of those kind of changes you should really um, start to seek advice i think okay don't wait too long because um you know if we if we see things in a timely fashion then we have a better chance of um, success particularly some things can come on quite quickly like infections within 24 hours you can get a nasty infection in the eye so you want to get anything that's really persisting more than a day or so seen to quite quite soon right fantastic that's that's some awesome advice there mate now one thing that robbie and i have chatted before on the podcast is is color blindness now do you right. see color blindness in, in in dogs and cats very much mate no no, no not really um in fact well dogs despite what many people might think dogs do see color but they don't see um, the same spectrum of color as say a person might oh, okay so they have two different types of uh color receptors in the eye whereas yep. we have three so their world is slightly different to ours, um, but um, species specific. Like there is color blindness in the animal world. For instance, sharks on this side, like a white. Right. Um, so cool. that's why I guess it's not great to be, you know, floating around the top of the the water in a black, um, uh, yeah. black wetsuit looking that's like they, a seal. They, they got the uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but um, not not so much in dogs and cats. They do see color. Um, it's more of a red, in, particularly with dogs, it's pushed towards the, the yellow-green spectrum. So they, they see a lot of uh, yellows and greens, whereas we see more in the blue spectrums as well. But then look, you look at birds and they have six uh, different types of uh, colour receptors in the eye and they can see a whole different spectrum that we don't see, including sometimes ultraviolet oh, wow. light. Yeah, and, really? And... Um, Maybe even sense magnetic fields and things like that. 
Oh, wow, can. that's cool. Oh, that'd be but, cool, though. I mean, you wouldn't, wouldn't need your map function anymore to get home. Yeah. Car. yeah, yeah. <laughs> no more GPS, No mate. more yeah. GPS. Well, I understand that. How about yourself, mate? You, you, you tested yourself for your colour blindness or anything? Being an ophthalmologist, you're all good there? Well, funny you say that. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm good on the colour front. But, you know, like um, animals, you often can have a visual deficit and not know about it. And actually, when we were at a, an Australian conference a few years ago, we were doing some scan, retinal scans, OCT yeah. scans of, yeah. of our eyes. And I put my hand up to be a bit of a guinea pig and just <laughs> have the retinal scan found out I actually did have a, a, oh. a problem in one of my eyes. Really? Mm. Is that is that a, is that a colour thing, mate? Because I do not know. A colour thing. I do know there's a, there's a period at uni where uh, you're driving around in a, in a well, oh, perhaps what we call a carnation pink yeah, car right. or a ballet pink ballet, ballet slipper <laughs> pink car, mate. What's well, all that about? Well, I inherited that off my cousin. Oh, uh, so I know. Her dad was a panel beater and, and uh, he spray painted it um, um, this what I thought was white, but actually in some, <laughs> certain lights was actually pearl. <laughs> pearl! And uh, so I quickly got nicknamed uh, Princey, the car. <laughs> As a, um, but not, not a bad little Toyota, 1974 Toyota Corolla yeah. manual, one of those ones with the floating steering. So you, you, you know, you don't know, um, you know, if you're going left or right. <laughs> a bit, a bit bouncy on the steering. Bit bouncy on the steering. Oh. oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so how did you go pick? Uh, yeah. Going to the uh, your first date house in the in the Bellas. In that, oh look, pink, mate, mate, you know when you're a student, anything goes. Take what you get. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's better than a bike. I had a bush bike for the first year, so <laughs> I'd, I'd drive anything. <laughs> what what, what colour was that, mate? <laughs> oh, that, that was your standard black bike. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah, Oh, awesome. Um, so, Simon, I wanted to um, talk to you about you know, something really commonly we uh, see in, in general practice. Um, older dogs come in and owners go, oh, my dog's got cloudy eyes. There must be cataracts, you know. Right, yeah. um, and, you know, it seems like it's a really common thing, the senile nucleus sclerosis. Can you tell yeah. us a little bit about that, about well, you know, what the two conditions are and oh, how right, you can yeah. tell? Yeah. Well, they both are opacities in the lens, which um, uh, uh, the lens is in the middle of the eye, despite... Uh, what many people might think what cataracts are. Often um, people think that cataracts are actually um, a cloudiness on the surface in the cornea where then yeah. it's actually yeah, not. Right. And so we don't, despite what many people think with cataract surgery, peel them away. Oh, um, right. Yeah, okay. Um, oh. The cataracts... Like banana, mate, yeah, exactly. Know, yeah. That would be easy. But in <laughs> fact, the cataract is in the, in the middle of the eye behind the iris and that's where the opacity occurs. Now... Um, in just about all species, the lens is growing continuously throughout life. So, oh, really? Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. yeah so okay. as you get older, the lens gets bigger and more dense. And so the lens fibers, which are produced, get compacted into the center. Now, in people, this is called presbyopia and affects you. So if you, once you're lucky enough to live to, you know, mid to late 40s, it yes. starts to affect your ability to focus because the lens is not as flexible as it once was. And then also the larger lens and the, the has less ability to focus um, close up as, as a younger lens. So in older dogs, this is what we call senonuclear sclerosis and starts when they're about six or eight, but really is not noticeable until they're about 12 or 13 to most owners. And it does affect dogs' vision. What, what sort of signs are, do you get... Well, it affects appearing. their ability to see in low contrast light because there is a bit of light attenuation. So it, there's less available light for the eye, yeah, yeah. Um, but their ability to focus close up or um, see things um, in dim light. So dogs will generally start to ha 
have trouble spotting the owners at the park if they're an off-lead dog. Right. So right. they can you call the dog and they might look a little bit lost. Um, in very dim light, they might have trouble with contrast detection. So occasionally in the very advanced stages, they might bump into things. Yeah, I had a dog the other day that came in, uh, Zapoodle, and the owner said when he went to get the dog in the car, they were in the, uh, in the garage, fairly dark in the garage, and the dog went to jump in the car when the door was closed of the car right, and yeah. bang, banged into the door. Yeah, so, those kind of things. And yeah, looked at the eyes and yeah, pretty sure it was the... Sinonucleus uh, so uh, chlorosis yeah, can exactly. start to take yeah. effect. So yes, that, um, and look, when as they get older, like past 13, they are a bit more of an ele- elevated risk of developing some cataract as well. Yeah, right. um, and these cataracts may mature to cause blindness, but... And we can do something about that. But the ageing changes really, when they're lucky enough to live to 14 plus, that's when they really start to have a big impact on them. Yeah, yeah. right. Okay. Yeah. And so do you find like there's depth perception? Yeah, they do. Sort of thing, yeah, or? exactly. They, um, they, they don't see as well close up and, um, you know, things, you know, they might not be able to follow. If you're throwing a ball or dropping a treat on the ground, they might not see that as well. Yeah, as it, okay. Or look a bit... Yeah. look a little bit more lost yeah, yeah. right so because i mean we're doing a little bit of research for the show but um but before we came on wanted to get a bit of background on you know on, on what you've been doing with the crew mate and um we did we did i know you're a passionate cyclist and you, you love your cycling and that sort of thing and we we did get a phone call came in from uh from Karawatha Gardens <laughs> Apartments <laughs> uh, up in up in up in yeah. Bright, mate. And I just wanted to check. You know, similar with the colour blindness, you, your depth yeah. perceptions all good, mate. Any any yeah. sort of instances occur yeah. with uh, up in, up up at the uh, apartments? Yeah, there, well, yeah, funny you, you say that. <laughs> <laughs> I have I have uh, written off a couple of bikes when after placing them on the roof racks of my car. <laughs> Very expensive lesson, I should right. say. What so um, what so two two in two days or no? I, want, I did one. <laughs> At the same place, a year apart. <laughs> what are you thinking on the way up, Simon? I've really got to make sure well, that the bike's enough, on the roof this yeah, time? Or? Yeah, I even put stickers on the car, bike on roof. <laughs> and, but it's a long drive up to Bright, so, so you can try it and yeah. forget. <laughs> Do you get any reminders at all from anyone in the yeah, car? Kids remind you or anything? My wife did remind me, what's your bike? <laughs> and as I drove into the drive, I got distracted by my brother, who was also staying there, and then forgot it was on there within about, oh, I don't know, 30 seconds and wrote it off. <laughs> <laughs> that is expensive. Yeah. It's expensive. Oh yeah, they're yeah. unforgiving those. Um, you know the, those carports. <laughs> <laughs> oh mate, well, the bikes haven't really been designed to be able to. No, uh, they need to make them. That sort that's of, right. Uh, yeah, that's sort of force on. Yeah. Yeah. Someone needs to design some sort of. Se- They've got parking sensors. We need like uh, roof rack sensors, roof yeah. rack sensors. Heart I sensors. think. You, have you talked to the apartments about maybe putting in some rubber strips to? No, but uh, the, in this noise. particular apartment complex, there's a lot of dents in the carport. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a very, it's a popular place for cyclists to stay, and there's been a few bikes written off up there. Maybe they're running a business made of bike spare parts business. Yeah, and they go, yeah, yeah, yeah we'll, keep we'll lowering keep it. There. Local bike shops lowering it. I think. <laughs> <laughs> There's not many people buying bikes in Bright unless they've written them off in the, yeah, yeah. Uh, in the apartment complex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, about five minutes after I wrote it off, I got a phone call from the bike shop going, oh, yeah, I heard you uh, <laughs> might need a bike. They're <laughs> scouting it, mate. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Um, so, Sime, uh, what? tell me, what got you into eyes in the first place? Like, considering you did sort of general stuff yeah. and you know, we well, met each other when we were when when I, yeah. at uni. So. Well, when I was at, well I, no one decides they want to be an eye specialist when they're at uni. You just don't get enough exposure, I don't think. And yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's very, you know, um, and um, so like anything, I think when everyone's at uni, they, they have this kind of 
idea of what they might do when they... When do, you, do you have to get that, mate? <laughs> yeah. Is that emergency <laughs> um, And um, But then when you get out there and start working, it's, you know, you get exposed to so many different things and you do develop interests at where you thought you might not. So yeah, yeah. Um, I went into horse practice initially. In ra- uh, It was a mixed kind of horse practice, racetrack, stud practice, and we did riding horses as well. But we used to see a lot of eye cases and we had a horse hospital and have a lot of eye cases in hospital and that's where I kind of developed an interest in it and then decided to pursue it after that. Yeah, yeah. right. Oh, fantastic. So, yeah. so you did your memberships in surgery and then went on, did yeah, you? Yeah, went and did... Um, the, I went worked at Melbourne Uni for a little while. Did a rotating internship and um, then did a, did some training and I stuff with my current business partner Andrew Turner. Yes, did a residency with him and trained mostly here. Part did uh, as the training program requires. Did some of it overseas and things, but majority yeah. was done in Melbourne. Yeah, yeah, right. And you still lecture a lot around Melbourne, around Australia still as well. Do a bit of uh, yes, done a bit this year and other t- uh, around Australia mostly. You know, for the Australian Veterinary Association or uh, and their and their smaller departments like the Equine Dep- um, EVA Equine Veterinary Association um, and um, Sydney Postgraduate Foundation. Um, Fantastic. And Melbourne Uni. We we teach the undergraduate course at Melbourne Uni. Right. Um, okay. And you consult. So you consult out at uh, Glen Waverley. At main, all yeah. animal eye services and also... Um, well, our main business, our main clinic is in Mount Waverley, but yeah. we travel a bit. So we cover regional Victoria and Tasmania. Right. So okay. there's always someone out of the clinic at, at least a few days a week. Andrew, my business partner, does a bit. I do a little bit. I'm here at Advanced Vet Care on um, on Mondays. On a Monday. Okay, fantastic. The vet school on yeah, Thursdays. Yep. Yeah, you're right. Vet school down at Werribee. Yep. On Thursdays. On Thursdays, and, yep. And we also do uh, regional trips, I guess, if you call Frankston regional now, but regional. Oh, yeah. Nah, <laughs> nah. That's, that's in a city, mate. Yeah. Yeah, People in Frankston think they're regional, but then <laughs> <laughs> it's not really. I, as I, when they complain about the distance, it's not even a long bike ride. But, <laughs> <laughs> but look, we do Frankston, Geelong, Ballarat, Bendigo, Albury. All uh, over. Tasmania, we do Hobart and Launceston. Yeah, yeah, that's just a junket to see your mate Raj, isn't it, mate? Yeah, 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 yeah that's a good trip <laughs> down there. Yeah. <laughs> so, what um, is there something that still excites you about ophthalmology? Is there something well, new that's going on, uh, or what? What you, you know, you got any? There's always that? something happening in the world of ophthalmology. There's, I guess, um, you know, on on the um, surgery side of things, you know, cataract surgery and things is always developing, and and we're finding new ways and better ways of doing things. Um, different types of corneal um, surgeries and transplants now. Transplants? We're just, what do you, yeah. you well, do with the transplant side? We're not actually doing any uh, uh, transplant of dog corneas yet, but it'll be somewhere in the development. There's a group in Sydney starting to develop stuff that might yeah, happen right. soon, which Amazing. I guess would be great for animals, I think, because one of the good things animals are great at doing is um, uh, developing a lot of scar tissue on the eye yeah, right. and nature's way of healing but also impairs vision so we can develop um, new technologies which will, allows us to um, correct some of that scarring that'd be fantastic like, like yeah, with the pugs that have got the you yeah know, exactly the chronic, um, pigmentation on yeah the and, and there's a perfect example pugs yeah. pugs and boxes are great at making scar tissue and uh, <laughs> and that can be vision impairing and so we can find new ways of um, treating that it'd be great but yeah. Yeah, there's always something, you know. There's, um, it, and sometimes we lead the way, um, and you know, and sometimes we get uh, new technologies and new um, advancements from the human fields as well. 
Oh, fantastic, mate. Well, uh, thanks so much for uh, for chatting us with today, mate. No, um, thanks now, for having me. No, no, that's Very right. Good. Now, as one of the official vet friends of the podcast, you're a big listener of the show. We know, oh, we know. Yes. Um, we we'd like to present you with a, a limited. Uh, uh, the other one, mate. I think that's that's. Yep, yep this one. Yep. Uh, with a, with a, li- uh, a limited edition Two Vets Talk Pets oh, uh, show bag. Oh, well, oh yes. No, no, easy on. <laughs> easy on. We don't give T-shirts away. Easy, t-shirt. mate. <laughs> Hang on a second. So, look, uh, so, yeah, we certainly included. We, we, we've got some uh, some some goodies in oh, here for you. Some, beautiful. Some nobbies, salted nobbies peanuts nuts. there, mate. No, yeah. Love them. Anytime during, you know, you're doing that cataract surgery, you can you know, nibble on nobbies well, nuts. They can fit just around the mask, just to, <laughs> just to the side. Yeah, but, perfect. Get, just shove them in through the side. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Perfect. Um, and, uh, and then we've also got, uh, you know, a, a, a little sticker pack, mate, ah, of, of, of dog Dogs. stickers. You can never have enough dog stickers, I think. Fantastic. You know? something, for, something for the kids. And uh, yeah, and then, and then all, yeah, oh, Sophie, yeah, good. Uh-huh. And, uh, mate, this oh. is a, present, a, a framed photograph of the two of us, mate, that can Beautiful. go... Pr- it's fr- on the desk. Yeah, oh, fantastic. Good. Yeah. 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 Beautiful. <laughs> Straight to the pool room. Thanks, yep, good. See a lot of thoughts going into this. It's fantastic. Yeah, no, no, exactly. Yeah, no, yeah. a lot of shot, mate. Oh, yeah, <laughs> a little, little pack of lifesavers because you, you know you are a lifesaver yeah, you, you yeah, know fruit tingles yeah, beautiful yeah, a whole lot of whole lot of <laughs> whole lot in your life yeah and then yeah you did you did pre- uh, preempt it mate but a, 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 a limited edition I did comment on the t-shirt when when I saw you guys this morning so very very good uh, limited oh, edition I, I, mate no number on the back well <laughs> no mate that's only for the, for the you, we didn't want to be so audacious as to choose which number you wanted so we thought you could put that on your back with, uh, with a sharpie or something yeah, like that beautiful. mate yeah. and yeah we're welcome to sign that for you, yeah, it, it, yeah, yeah, we, we can we sign yeah, it. I, I think, think you should sign it. I think actually go, they go for more or less on eBay if they're not signed. So you know, yeah, they come with a certificate of authentication. Looks like a selfie. You guys, is this a selfie? <laughs> Easy. Don't 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 pay it. I know you're a good photographer, but don't pay it on the photo, mate. <laughs> it's the best oh, shot. It's the best angle. No, very good. You, you did try and cover over with the hat to start off with, yeah. though. You know, I, I just had to show the sparseness on the front of my head oh, there, yeah. Simon, but oh, he decided oh, to go with the hat. So, okay. yeah. well, I actually took the toupee off, so I thought yeah. I'll go the hat instead. <laughs> <laughs> All right, mate. Oh, thanks no, so much again. Good. Thanks for having me. No, pleasure, mate. Good to have you again. So, Dr. Simon Hurst, special, specialist ophthalmologist from All Animal Eye Service. Thanks for coming, mate. Thanks, guys. Cheers, mate. There we go. So, uh, so, so that was good fun. Yeah, it was fantastic. Had a good yeah. chat there. Dragon, we stitched him up. Uh, it was it was the, the the look on his eyes of recognition as you were going through and seeing the uh, yeah you could see that he was talking about the uh, the bikes and the bikes going through the uh, go, going through the overpass. You could see where he was going with it, you know, and also with the car as well. Yeah. he sort of walked into that one. Yeah, once we we sort of just showed him the way and he just walked straight through the door himself. I know Simon a fair bit, mate. That wasn't recognition. That was fear. Oh, that was fear, was <laughs> that it? That was fear in those eyes. I right. think. Yeah, Wondering, yeah. Oh, oh, they've done some research. <laughs> some, some stories as we 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 uh, I, I'm a, obviously a good friend of Simo's and yes, yeah. Simon and uh, and I did ring up quite a few of his his close closer friends that went through uni with him right and, yeah and had, had a chat digging the dirt yeah and and I got a lot of stories I yeah, reckon right. I got. 
15 stories. Wow. And there were two that we were able to, to, to talk about. <laughs> that were usable? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, so I, he's obviously had some fun times at uni. 20 years ago, mate. He's yeah, a you know a st- upstanding member of the veterinary community yeah, he's, now. Yeah, he's fantastic. And, yep. and a lot of our eye stuff goes that way, and I imagine yours would oh, too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. We use the guys out there. So, um, so you know, if you're uh, interested, they've got their, um, their website. We'll put a link up to that in the uh, in the show notes. So uh, you can go and check them out. They're, uh, they're nice guys. And uh, if you like the idea of it and you've got any other eye questions, hit us up. We might go and uh, see if we can pin him down again for another chat one day. Great idea, mate. All righty. Let's get on to the disclaimer, I think. All right. So all advice on this show is general in nature. So please consult your veterinarian before following any advice for your pet. We do our best to provide the most up-to-date information. But as veterinary medicine is continually advancing and changing, please let us know if we have missed anything. Good so, stuff. What you I, got, mate? I wanted to talk about anti-inflammatories. Yes. Um, a very, very common medication that we use in veterinary medicine for dogs and cats. Um, but Daily, some, every but, day. Absolutely, yeah. Um, but something that a lot of people don't actually know a lot about. Yep. So I thought it might be interesting just to go through and uh, sort of delve into what they are and how they work and why we use them and yep. you know different things to be careful with them and stuff. So, so what are you talking about? What sort of what sort of medications are we talking about? Like so, what are they? So an anti-inflammatory, as it says there in the name, it's something to try and help to reduce inflammation. So the yep. most common one that we will use, um, and the, for the basis of this talk, is a non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drug or yeah, an sure. NSAID. Yep. So yep. there are others. There's um, there's there's steroids, which are steroidal anti-inflammatories. Uh, you know, and there's other. Um, other things that can reduce inflammation too. We won't we won't sort of delve into that too much today. So yeah, sure. Um, so how they work is the most of your anti-inflammatories are a um, they're an enzyme blocker. So right. so what happens um, where our Cells are all made up of uh, of uh, a, a fat lipid lining around the outside. Cell gets damaged, that fat lipid leaks out. Um, your body doesn't like that fat lipid leaking out because it doesn't like its cells being damaged. The body says, okay, rightio, well, there's some damage here. We need to try and clean that up. Right. That fat tissue gets turned by these enzymes into inflammatory mediators. Uh, okay. Those inflammatory mediators are then the things that send signals to the body to say there's something happening here you better send in some cells to help to clean up. Yep. If there's damage here, we need to protect it. So we're going to cause pain. Yep. We're Ouch, going to sensitize the area. That's right. We're going to sensitize the area so then that way you stop walking around on your yep. sore leg or yep. you stop, you, know, you take your foot off the nail or whatever yeah, yes. um, in order to try and stop yourself from continually being injured. The problem is though, is that then you've got damage to cells you've got pain and those are the and you've got um you've got redness because you've got all the blood getting sucked into that area trying to help to um trying to help the body out and while it is a normal process it's not necessarily a very uh, pleasant process yeah, yep. um, and and what we try and do with the anti-inflammatories is where we block those enzyme pathways of the production of those inflammatory mediators so then that way you get a reduction in the pain you get a reduction in the um, in the, the the inflammation yes. you get a reduction in the in the discomfort but it doesn't stop your body from being able to heal your body can still heal it just that it does it a bit more pain-free. Oh, mate, I wish you were my lecturer, Biochemistry 101. Oh, that made some sense, that did it? Was, yeah, mate, to me it did. Oh, nice uh, one. Listeners, you still there? <laughs> <laughs> no, mate, I love it. That's, that's, that's put it put it really well. So uh, have we got some examples? Are we going to say some names? Oh, let, let's of, use some names. So, um, so the, uh, one of the big things with anti-inflammatories in the veterinary world is because it is something that we use all the time, yep. every drug company's got yes. at least one version of their Spot anti-inflammatory. On, yep. A lot of times they've got multiples. Yep. And, um, and every 
Eve has their favourite potentially too. You know, the, there, there are a few mainstream ones, but all, all, you talk to five different vets, you might get five different responses as to so what my favourite one is. So, And the big thing with that, it then means that they all kind of work, yes. you know, they all work okay, yes. you know. If one of them worked that much better than all the others, then we'd all have that in our cupboards and we wouldn't have any yeah, of the exactly. others. Exactly, we take the best one. But but that's the thing as well, is sometimes you'll use one yes. and it'll work on one dog and you use it on another dog and it doesn't seem to work. It doesn't so have as much to a different uh, you know, um, a brand or a different yep. type and that one seems to work. So it's not always hard and fast. This is the one, like you said, that will work every time. And it also comes down to um, different formulations too. Like there's some that come in as liquids. There's yes. some that come as um, uh, as long-acting tablets, short-acting yeah. tablets. Chews. Chews. Yep. Um, you know, there's there's often generic versions of a lot of the older anti-inflammatories, which are fine. They've got the drug in them. The tablets might not look quite as flashy as the other ones, but, um, you know, it's still the it's drug still and the it same. still works. Yep. Yep. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, so, so what ones, what, what are you using, mate? What, I mean, I'm, I'm a, I suppose, first line, I usually go a, like a meloxicam or a carprofen, probably for sort of first line for me. Yeah. It's um, a, and I mean, they're sort of, they tend to give the best bang for, for, your, for your buck, I suppose. Absolutely. They're not overly yep. expensive. They tend to work pretty well. Yeah. They come in some different formulations. Is that, what, what are you looking at? Uh, we're, we're the same. We use a lot of, uh, a lot of meloxicam, a lot of carprofen. You also use some Onziore as well. Yeah, right. um, yeah okay. Um, and we've got a few dogs on, um, on Trococcal, the long-acting yes. um, uh, tablet, yes. which, um, uh, works really well for the dogs that we use it for, yes. but um, it's a it's one where you give it on day one, on day fifteen, and then monthly, and then you have to miss a month after the seventh tablet, yes. and so there's a bit of rigmarole with it. It is a bit confusing at times for owners, isn't it? It's not yeah. just this every day or this every month. Once a month, come in. It's it's there is a real. You can't just keep giving it. There's and, a protocol know, with yeah, it to be keeping yeah. an eye on. So, so um, it is good for those owners, I think, that that perhaps you know uh, can't give something on a daily basis, or the the dog's hard to pill, or yeah, cat, you know, um, not in cats, but uh, dogs. It's a, that they have trouble remembering, or, or whatever it might be, and then they can you know come into the clinic maybe and have it, or or get a reminder or something like that, just to do it the once a month and and and. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, but but generally, it's the daily. Daily's the way yeah. that we the, the way that we the vast majority of it goes. So um, so what do we use it for? Um, you know, so obviously, you know, it's an anti-inflammatory. So you're going to use it when there's inflammation. You know, and what causes inflammation? Surgery causes inflammation. Yes. So um, so the one of the big things that I think has changed since you know we were you know running around in shiny gumboots when we first graduated yeah. was um, actually using um you know, having a much better idea of pain and and reducing pain perioperative post-operative pain so using anti-inflammatories around surgery time you yes, know um, yes. is a is a definite yeah, um, after surgery yep for sure um, or during surgery during surgery oh yep. absolutely yeah yep. yeah um so if you pre or intraoperative um post-operative uh, for after procedures also for um you know other painful things you know, yeah, if you've got injuries, inflammation yeah injuries you know if you you know Done a ligament or hurt a knee or soft tissue or injury soft or tissue, stepped yeah. on the nail. Absolutely, yeah. 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 Um, uh, also, um, for then for your chronic pain, so things yes. like um, arthritis. Yes. I mean, that's and that's really yeah. the big one. That's the that's the one that the uh, that we use it for probably the most is those dogs that have got chronic arthritic pain. Osteoarthritis, that have, yeah, absolutely, yeah. 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 Um, it makes a big difference, doesn't it? I huge find. difference. As soon as you get them on it, I mean, it's hard sometimes to convince owners that that they should put their animal on it. And I will often say, let's just do a week trial and come back and chat to me. Yeah. Yep. 
Um, and 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 they'll come back and they say, "Oh, it's amazing! It's, yeah, you know, the difference is huge." Or sometimes I, the ones I really love is is you have them in to do a surgical procedure. Yeah, and you put them on some anti-inflammatories after them. They go, "Oh, cope with the surgery, fine." But on those anti-inflammatories, he's like a new dog. He's bounding up in the morning. He's running up and down the stairs. Playing with his ball again. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's just just lights their eyes up to oh, okay. So these anti-inflammatories, you know, uh, can really help the arthritis. But they're not 100% risk-free, are they, mate? They've got, you know, they do have some some side effects associated with them. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. So there's um, unfortunately with anything with life, you don't get anything for free. So um, those yep. enzymes that you're blocking, they have uh, other actions around in the body, um, and the the two main ones, well, the probably the the most common side effect you'll see is vomiting and diarrhea, which yes. is just a direct yep. drug hits gut. Gut yep. doesn't like drug. Drug uh, gut sends drug back either through vomiting <laughs> or diarrhea. Yeah. Owners rings up vet says, you know, don't fix, like this drug. Fix my rug. <laughs> yes, <Fix> my yeah. <laughs> carpet. <laughs> Come around with your chucks, mate. You know, and your you know, and your, Thank, your, your, your thanks uh, a lot. Yeah, yeah. Your, your wool mix. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, um, so we've just had the carpets relayed. Yeah. So so that's the most common one. The um the other ones and the, and they're usually self limiting. You stop the drug signs yes, go away yep. um the ones that you need to be a lot more careful with are uh, kidney issues and gut issues yep. and the reason why you need to be careful with those is those enzymes that you are blocking they are have very similar enzymes that have physiological um uh, uh actions elsewhere in the body yeah namely controlling blood flow in the kidney and also controlling mucus production in the gut right so if you're blocking those enzymes that block the pain but you're blocking too much of those other nice ones, yep. then you can reduce your blood flow to your kidney, increase your risk of kidney problems. Yep. If you're reducing the amount of mucus production in the in the gut, then that's when you can get gut ulcers Got because you bleeding. don't have yes. the production the enough protection of that mucus layer. Um, uh, so you can so the stomach acid can cause a burn and cause yep. an ulcer. An ulcer. So usually in older dogs, we'll sort of, uh, to, to keep an eye on those things, we'll do some blood tests, won't we, to look at, you know, sometimes they affect the liver as well. Can you know? do, yeah. yeah oh, so well, a lot of the time they're metabolized by the liver. So yeah. so if, you're, um, if you've got impaired liver issues, then, yeah, you need to be careful. You know, yeah. you've got to be really careful with it. Um, but so, so we, I don't know about you, mate, but we usually recommend doing sort of when we're on long-term uh, osteoarthritis, you know, for something like that. Um, we'll, we'll normally do a blood test every sort of six to twelve months, you know, just Absolutely. to check check those uh, you know those kidney parameters, yep. check the liver enzymes, and and uh, and obviously just check in with the owners. How are we going? Is it helping? You know, is there any vomiting, diarrhea? Any what colours the blood? The, the yeah. poo is the yeah, poo what black. The blood? Yeah, what colours the blood? Mate. Blood's red, mate. Yeah. You just took some. Oh, thank you very much. Tick. All done. Here's another six yeah. months of medication. Did, did you know a bar now is called Tito Alba, but I don't know the colour of blood. <laughs> Um, so, so yeah, it's, um, you know, and I think one of the, certainly something that I've sort of got into, you know, a lot more as I've gotten older, you know, when you're young and you go, oh, hang on, this, this animal's got, got kidney disease. We can't use anti-inflammatories. I've gotten a little bit more in sort of the bendy of the rules a little bit, you know, in that if you've got an animal that is incredibly painful and yes, it's got problems, but no other pain relief is helping, Sometimes you kind of got to do it. Yeah. Informed consent. Yeah. You always well, talk to the owner about it. I but think there's a, a little bit of some studies coming out, and I, I know Richard Gowan the, was the just cat, what I was going to say. Guy, he's, yeah, he's he's big on the the anti-inflammatories. There's some maybe maybe it's come out of human medicine saying that low doses of some of these non-steroidal anti-inflammatories in cats with renal disease actually. Pre- 
text them a little bit. Now, I'm, I'm going a bit off script here, mate. I'm not really, you know, I haven't really caught up with that. Maybe it's something if we interview Richard some, some time down the track. Yeah, yeah um, and, and it's that thing of like I what I say to owners is that sometimes you've got to be in for a good time if not a long time, yeah. you know, um, and – you know, as long as you're cognizant of the fact that, yes, this could cause a problem, yep. but it is much more likely that it is going to improve the quality of life well, of your pet, yeah. it's worthwhile doing it. So, Spot on. Quality yeah. of life is a big thing we, we talk about, definitely. And if, if it is going to increase their quality of life and and uh, and and perhaps, you know, shorten, perhaps quantity may not be there, well, we're all about quality of life, really. Got to be. Yeah. yeah. Keep them out of pain and, and uncomfortable. So, oh, fantastic, mate. So, look, I think, yeah, certainly, if you want to know more about anti-inflammatories, you can hit us up on, on the socials. Yep, if you've got other chat. questions, yep, other yep. questions that we haven't covered, yep. you know, get, get, uh, send us a question. Good good topic, mate. Certainly good topic. But obviously, you know, if you want to go on anti-inflammatories or you think it might benefit your pet, obviously talk to your local vet about Absolutely. it. Absolutely. We're not in any way sort of recommending anything in particular for any, any particular condition without an examination by your local vet. Absolutely. They know what is best for your pet, so talk to them about it. Exactly. Now, uh, we're running out of time, mate. Yes, so well done. We, we rabbit on with uh, with Simo for a bit, which is yeah. fantastic. Good to good to, to break break our virginity, mate. On the yeah. on the interviews on the, on the road, yeah, yeah exactly. And, and he uh, looked great in the t shirt too, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. How was that photo? Fantastic, pretty good. Doesn't yeah. smile a lot, Simo. Nearly got one out of him. Not yeah. quite. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. So look, we'll, we'll let Mailbag go this week, but um, obviously keep keep sending in questions, guys. We know they're piling up, but we'll get to them at some stage. And uh, and if you haven't already, go and give us a review on. Uh, on iTunes um, and we're on Spotify now as well yes yeah, yes. we landed on Spotify so uh, you can add us to your playlist you know, yes. your, uh, your, your disco soundtrack when you're at the gym that'd be great yeah uh, Spot on. Yep. Yeah, excellent. No, good. And uh, you know, send us an email to vets uh, talkpets at gmail.com. Um, and uh, and that's it for an app, mate. All done. Right out. Peace out, everybody. See you guys. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Two Vets Talk Pets with Lewis and Robbie. To chat further about this week's episode or ask the guys any questions, search Two Vets Talk Pets on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or send an email to Two Vets Talk Pets at gmail.com. You can find Lewis on Twitter with the handle at VetBehaviorist. And more importantly, as the two pet heroes return to their day job of saving animals' lives, be sure to thank them with a five-star review on iTunes. Every time you do, a small, cute animal will receive a cuddle.